Confused by finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, we went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances And with Kathy and Norma. Welcome to Finances And Life Insurance. We went to school so you don't have to. I'm Norma and I'm here with Kathy. Today we wanted to talk about life insurance, why it's important to have it, and what kind of policy is right for you. Life insurance is a policy that you get, it's an insurance policy that you get to cover your salary, basically what you would normally contribute to your household in the event that you passed away. You can also get something that's very minimal, such as something that just covers your funeral expenses. So it's basically just a way of being able to have money come in in the event that something happens to you and your family's left to you know, not have you there. Sure. And in fact, I like to think of it as also the benefit of it is that it doesn't go through the will. So because you have a beneficiary named in it, that you don't have to wait till the will has been processed, that that money, as long as you can prove your person has passed, then they get that money right away. So some of the things that we need to just have up front are some vocabulary words. The first one is the policy and the policy is the contract. And that tells what your getting covered for. So in other words, the amount that they're going to pay is the face value of that contract or your policy. The premiums are going to be the amount that you pay monthly or quarterly or whatever it works out to be. Um, And so the premium is what you need to be keeping in terms of, keep in mind in terms of your budgeting, because you're going to have those payments that you need to be making. If you have poor credit, you're going to pay more for those. If you have great credit, you might pay less for those. The policyholder, the person who buys the insurance. Now, you don't have to be the policyholder. Norma could buy a life insurance policy on me if she wanted to and doesn't even have to have my permission to do that. But then she would pay the monthly premiums. And then when I passed, she would get the money back for that. So uh, oftentimes your office or where you work might have a policy available to you. Know that they're probably making something on that as well. If they're making those payments for you and you're getting, let's say, two times your salary, they probably will be getting three times your salary. And then they're able to offer that to you. Death benefit is the actual amount paid when you die. So the nice thing about that is that that amount that's received, that death benefit to whomever it goes to, they do not have to pay tax on that. That is a, it is not subject to any income tax and it's paid as a lump sum. So if there was a thousand dollar life insurance policy on me, whomever took out that policy would get a thousand dollars and they would not have to pay income tax on that. I'm not sure what your state might require, but it's usually done pretty quickly. It's usually, you know, you submit back that your person passed away and usually get that check within a few weeks at the most. Sure. And the nice thing about that, of course, is that if if your policy was meant to cover your death, you know, in terms of purchasing coffin or anything like that, then that money is available for them to be able to use for your final resting. And beneficiary, of course, is the person who reads, receives the benefit. So whomever it is that if I have a, ben- a life insurance policy on myself, whomever I name as my beneficiaries, they're going to be people who get that money. So who needs a policy? Pretty much everyone needs a certain policy. If you have children, you would need a policy so that they can be taken care of in the event you passed away. Even if you have, let's just say adult children, you wouldn't need necessarily as much as you would need if they were minors, but something that would help with funeral costs, which can you know, be anywhere from ten dollars to $15,000, if not more, depending on, again, the coffin and, and, the, and your, your personal burial requests. You don't have to have a spouse to have one. You don't have to have children to have one. Just something small that, again, at the very least covers your funeral expenses. So really anyone and, you know, anyone and everyone really needs some type of life insurance policy. 
I guess as a rule of thumb, I like to think of who is it that is reliant on my income. So if I have a spouse and my income is part of the household and they're going to need that, that's something to consider with your life insurance policy. If you have a nanny or if you are the caretaker of your children, they probably will need money to have somebody help take care of your children. Any outstanding debt you have, if you've been ill for a long while, any hospital bills you might have or to pay off the mortgage for somebody. So you're trying to look into the future and say, what will my family need to replace my income? So there are three different kinds of life insurance. The first one is term life insurance. And what it is, is that there is a beneficiary named and it is also part of that, not part of your will. You're pay, you're saying that I want to have insurance for this term. So maybe I purchase life insurance now at age 35, but I let that end at age 50 for some reason. This is perfect for somebody who, like I just said, is the breadwinner of the family where you might need your income replaced or if you're a stay-at-home parent so that you can have planned for the fact that if you're the stay-at-home parent, that your spouse would be able to find someone to be able to take care of your kids during the day, some kind of daycare or something. It also could cover, as I said, mortgage payments. And if you're a high net worth person, you might need it to help have a life insurance policy to help pay for your estate taxes, or if you own a business to help pay for those business debt if you pass away before then. Now, term is usually the cheapest option out of all the options. So this is definitely for, you know, someone again, maybe just starting out and, you know, you're young, you've got, you know, a young child, two young children, whatever the case is. And these policies are generally, generally, again, this is all dependent on many factors, uh, your health and, you know, maybe risky lifestyle, things like that. But I actually have a couple of term policies just because I've, I've been offered them and, and they're really cheap. I pay maybe $18 on one and $40 a month on another. So you can get potentially a $250,000 policy for maybe $20, depending again on how healthy you are. Term is definitely the cheapest option. The only negative about it is that once that term is over, let's say you've got a 20 year term policy. Once that term is over, the contract is is over. You know, it's done. You're not getting any money back. You didn't die, <laughs> you know, which which is good. But all that money is is basically just gone. So it's a gamble that you're taking. It's a risk that you're taking. But again, if you, you know, if your family ends up needing it, it was definitely the cheapest option to get a decent amount of money. of the people say that if the breadwinner in their household died, they would, they would definitely feel the effects. They wouldn't be able to go on without that person. Another one is universal. So universal policy is definitely more expensive than term. The reason for it is that the money that you're putting in your premium, it's actually going towards investment and it's also building interest. So this is a policy with a cash value. Whereas, as I just explained, the term is not. So your universal policy increases the face value of your insurance coverage as well. Well, it can, as long as you pass actually a medical examination for that. But it definitely can increase the face value of your insurance coverage. Now, another great part of universal is that your premium actually stop paying your premium as long as you have enough for a certain amount of time, as long as you have enough cash value to cover that premium payment. So if you have faced a financial hardship of some sort for a month or two, as long as you have enough cash value in there to cover those two months, you can actually still have your policies remain in place, remain active and be covered while not actually spending the money that particular month. But again, that money has to be accumulated in your cash value to cover your premium payment. 
I actually have that something that I was sold at a very young age. And so at one point I decided I'm not going to pay for this anymore. I don't want this. It's not a great investment even. And without my understanding what you just described, it just continued on and paid for itself by eating down the money that was actually in the account. So I, I can relate to that. The third kind that you could get is whole life insurance. And it is life insurance, but you can also consider it much like universal as an investment. That coverage will last for you your entire life. Your payments will stay the same for your entire life. So unlike term, where Norma said after 20 years, then you're done paying. This is something you would pay for the rest of your life but you would get a guaranteed income at the end. So it's going to grow just like an investment. And that's why they're able to pay that out. And it's on a tax deferred basis as well. So you're only going to pay the tax when you take it out. If you die, then your beneficiary will get the money. Otherwise, you can take that out as you get older or need that money for health insurance or or even health coverage of some kind. Okay. Now, how much do you need? We talked about this, you know, earlier on. But again, this really depends on your personal situation. You may only need $20,000. You may need enough to cover your salary until your retirement, let's say. Again, if you, you've, your spouse is a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home parent, like Kathy described earlier. What they say is a good rule of thumb is 10 to 15 times your income. You know, it could be a little expensive to get 10 to 15 times your income in a policy. But again, you know, this is something you want to shop around for. And at the very least, you know, just kind of decide what you want it to cover. Do you want enough to cover your, you know, your to paying off your home so that your spouse doesn't have to worry about mortgage payments? Do you just want enough to cover funeral expenses so that your adult children don't have to, you know, share the burden, let's say, of having to spend that, you know, that that really high cost when you die? Or again, do you want to cover that parent who does not work and you, you want to make sure that they're covered until you were deciding that, you know, you were going to retire? So again, this is a this is definitely a personal choice. So where do you even get insurance? You can certainly get it online. You're going to want to go through an agent at that. But I am going to tell you, you want to call around and get different rates to see how much you're going to pay for whatever it is that you're thinking you need. Just like Norma was just talking about. You need to think about, do I want to pay off my mortgage? Do I want to pay for my kid's college? Do I want to pay for someone to take care of my kids? These are all things to consider when you're deciding how much insurance you're going to need. If you just want to pay funeral expenses, that's very different than paying for somebody's college. Another place you might get it is from your work. I know that my work offers two times my salary. And so if I pass, my family, again, designated by beneficiary, would get two times my salary, which would include death benefits. But I have to be careful because... Once I'm no longer working, that life insurance is gone. So I wouldn't have that available to them if I no longer had that job. And if that was my only life insurance and I had planned on using that for my final plans, then that would be gone to them as well. So you just have to consider it. Um, When you're getting life insurance, though, it's not just as easy as saying, I want life insurance. They're going to consider things like Norma mentioned earlier, your age makes sense. If you're very old, it's going to be harder to get life insurance, your gender your weight, your family history, if you're a smoker, and if you enjoy risky life choices. So if you're a hang glider or a parachutist, that's going to make your life insurance go up because they feel like you might need that sooner than other people do. But they might also require a medical exam. So you need to be considerate of that too. That might change how much you're going to be able to get. 
so yeah, you can get it from your job. Another place you can actually, or, you know, online, you can do some searches online. Another place that you might be able to get some affordable life insurance is through your alumni association. You may want to reach out to them to see if they have any benefits. I know one of the policies I have is actually through my alumni association. It was offered to me very inexpensively and, you know, it was a nice discount. Or maybe contact the company that you have your car insurance or homeowner's insurance uh, through because you might be able to actually get a multi-policy discount by getting life insurance through them as well. So there's definitely ways to be able to try to find some inexpensive life insurance or life insurance in general. Sure. So some of the top reasons that people even get life insurance, 91% of people choose it for those final expenses, exactly what Norma has mentioned. 66% of them will get life insurance to replace their lost wages again, so that their family has that income coming in. But 63% of them will do it for inheritance. And we haven't talked about that yet. Inheritance just means that you can say, hey, you know what? I want to start setting up something for my children's children. I want to buy this life insurance so that when I pass, that money can then be passed on to future generations. So it's part of an overall plan to have life insurance. It is also just part of an immediate need if you want to for life insurance, but it's it's something that you can consider. How do I want to benefit my family in the end if that's something and make it part of your estate plan? So thanks for listening to finances and life insurance. We know you chose to listen today and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share. It means a lot to us. Please let us know what you think on Facebook and Twitter by going to our website at financesand.net. We come up with these topics, but we would love to hear what you would like to hear more about. Finances and does not provide tax or legal service. And nothing in this podcast can be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, we went to school so you don't have to.